Thank you girls for reading and thank you to all the children for singing earlier. Wasn't that brilliant hearing the children sing? I thought they did a great job. Well, it's gonna, we're going to pray and ask God to help us understand something about that Easter story. I don't know if any of the children know this, but when you say amen after you pray, it simply means I agree. So I'm going to ask for God's help to understand that passage. And if you agree and you want him to help you as well, you can say a big amen at the end. Okay, should we pray together? Heavenly Father, we all know about Easter, but we don't always understand everything and it doesn't always change our life. So please help us to understand this amazing story in Mark chapter 16. And please help us to put the things that we learn into practice. Amen. Amen. Now then, any of the children here done anything for Lent? Put your hand up if you're one of the children who's given something up for Lent. Anyone? Amazing. No children. Any adults done anything for Lent? One or two? Just one or two? Lent is a period of 40 days leading up to Easter Sunday. It starts on Ash Wednesday, six weeks before Easter. And the purpose of Lent is for us to spend time thinking a little bit about Easter and preparing for the celebration of today. As we remember the Lord Jesus who went out into the desert and was tempted for 40 days and for 40 nights. And so often, if you do celebrate Lent, sometimes we give things up, don't we? Have any of you ever given up chocolate for Lent? I don't know why... There we go. Thank you, Deb. She's being honest. She gave up chocolate for Lent. It's that kind of naughty but nice. Maybe we eat too much chocolate, so we give it up for this period. But it's not always that easy to give something up. A bit like my friend who had given something up for Easter. I said to them, oh, my friend, how is your diet going? And they said, oh, not very well. I had eggs for breakfast. I said, well, that's not so bad, is it? Did you have scramble? Did you have poached? Do you know what they said? (laughs) Cabri. Now, I don't know if you would want to put your soldiers in a dippy cabri egg in the morning. I imagine maybe one or two here might want to. Uh, but why do we have eggs at Easter? The egg is a symbol of new life, isn't it? Because there's a chick, a baby chick inside an egg, and in the right environment, a chick can hatch and come back to, come into life. And so we have eggs at Easter to celebrate new life, because as we've learned today, Jesus rose from the dead, and it's a wonderful thing to think about. Well, we're going to do a little bit of a game. And the way this works is only the children are allowed to answer the questions. And the way you need to do this, children, is you need to get some adults around you to help you. And in your little groups, you're going to need a Bible. And you need to make sure you are paying really good attention to the lovely drama we had earlier and to the reading that the girls just read to us. And I'm going to ask us a series of questions to help us think a little bit about Easter. It's kind of like a crossword, although the letters then all add up. But you'll see how it works, okay? So here are my questions. If you need some help, children, then you can turn to an adult near you. If you've got your own Bible, you need to look up Mark chapter 16. And we're going to see if we can fill in some of the blanks on the screen, okay? We'll start with an easy one. If you have a look at Mark chapter 16, verse 3, it says that the women were worried that there was a big stone in front of the entrance of the tomb. But in verse 4, we learn that when they got there, the question is, was the stone covering the tomb? One of the children want to shout something out? Yeah. Brilliant. No. There we are. We filled in our first one. No. Okay, here's a second question. You need to think of a six-letter word that's the answer to this question, okay? So we're trying to get B here, and it's six boxes down, okay? So a six-letter word which describes how the women felt when they got to the tomb. 
you're not sure, you can turn to an adult near you. You may not have this exact word in your Bible, but it's a word that's very like the word you have got in your Bible. First child to stick their hand up can answer this question. Hey, what do you reckon? Shout out. Scared. It's very like scared. That's a really good word. What's another word for being scared? Afraid. So scared and afraid. Fantastic. They were really afraid, weren't they? Okay, we're going to look now for C, which is here. And we're going to need a five-letter word, which tells us why Jesus was not there. He had what? What do you reckon, Joe? He what? Risen. There we go. He had indeed risen. We're doing well, team. We're going now to D. It's up here, and we're coming across here. We need a six-letter name for one of the women. And here's the clue. Her name sounds a bit like another name for pepperoni. (laughs) Any of the children know the name we need? Come on, James. Mary is the name of one of the women, but we need a slightly longer name. Six letters. Yeah. Salome, yes. Sounds a bit like salami. Brilliant. Salome. There's Salome. Okay, we're now coming to E. That's right down here. There's just one thing we're going to put in that box. Here's a question for you. Jesus was crucified on the Friday, and he rose again on the Sunday. So can one of the children tell me how many days he was in the tomb for? Let's have somebody different. Come on, Timo. Three days. Brilliant. The Friday, the Saturday, and on the Sunday he rose again. So three days. Good. We're now coming to F up the top. The answer here is just two letters long. The women were commanded to go and tell the disciples that Jesus was alive. But can anyone tell me, at this point in the story, how many disciples were there? Think carefully. Isabel, do you know? There were 12 disciples, but at this point in the story, how many do you reckon there were? Yeah. Eleven So you did really well to get 12 disciples. But can you tell us why were there 11 at this point? Brilliant. Judas went to the other side, didn't he? He betrayed Jesus. And in the drama we had earlier, we saw that Judas very sadly betrayed Jesus. So the answer is 11. Two to go. Here's an easy one. Someone who's got their Bible can answer this. In what chapter of the Bible do we hear about the crucifixion of Jesus when he died? What chapter of Mark's gospel? Let's have one of the children up the top. Any ideas? Reuben, come on. 15, well done. Chapter 15, and we've got one more question. Have a look really carefully at verse 7 in your Bibles. The angel didn't tell the women to stay where they were and to keep quiet. Instead, they said something to the women. What were they to do? A two-letter word. What were they to do? You guys have answered the question. So have you, Reuben. Come on, James. Go. Fantastic. Go. Now, you've done so well in answering your questions, but can one of the children tell me what is the picture that now appears on the screen? Lydia? It's a cross, isn't it? Now, here's a funny question for you to think about. Easter is all about life. I was describing the purpose of an egg earlier. So if Easter is all about life, why 
is the Christian symbol, a cross. And why at Easter do we celebrate a cross? Which is all about death. The horrible Romans put people to death on the cross. So why, if Easter's all about life, is the Christian symbol death? Well, I've got a little picture which we're going to build up together, which will help us understand this, okay? So there's a little picture of you and of me. And everyone can see there's a road that we could walk along towards God. And there's nothing in the way, is there? I could just walk along and know God. And that's a picture of what was happening at the beginning of the Bible in a book called Genesis. It's a book that just means beginning. And at the beginning of time, people could know God. And they could walk straight towards him and have a relationship with him and enjoy him. But I'm sure many of us will know that in the Bible, something really sad goes on. Can any of the children tell me, what is the problem now? Why can't the people get to God? What's happened? James. He is in heaven, so we can't get to him in that way now. But look at our picture. Remember there was a path from us to God. What's happened to the path? It broke. Exactly. Look, if you look on this path now... I can't get to God because there's a big gap. And I can't be with him. I can't be his friend. He can't be my friend. And that is a picture of what's happened to every person in the world. Because we've all said to God, I don't want to listen to you. I don't want you in my life. I want to be in control. And here's the problem. As human beings, we often try and build a bridge to God. There's a bridge and I'm trying to reach God. But can one of the children tell me, what's the problem with my bridge? What do you reckon, James? It's not long enough. You see, I can do all sorts of good things to try and bridge the gap between me and God. I can do lots of kind things. I can give lots of money to people who have nothing. I could come to church. I could be kind to my mum or dad. But the problem is, I can never build a bridge that's big enough because the gap is always too big. And that's a really sad thing, isn't it? Because God loves us and he wants us to know him, but I can never bridge that gap myself. But here is where Easter is so special. We thought about the cross. It's a funny symbol, isn't it? Because it's a symbol of death, but actually it's a symbol of life as well. Because Jesus is the one who's able to bridge that gap. He was good enough. He never did anything wrong. And at Easter, what we do is we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ who died to bridge that gap between us and God, but then rose to new life again. And he can be our king, and that is a really wonderful thing. Just to close, we're going to come back to our story that the girls read earlier, and we're going to look at just very briefly three things that Mark chapter 16 teach us about Easter. And the big thing is not just what happened at Easter, but the big question is what difference could Easter make to my life? Because there's no point reading stories in the Bible if they don't make any difference to my life. And we're going to look at three truths that can make a difference to our life. And the way we're going to do that is by using the traffic lights. Put your hand up if you're a child and sometimes you go to school and mum and dad stop, you hope, at a traffic light. Everyone seen traffic lights? Can one of the children tell me, what do you do when you see a red traffic light? Yeah. You stop. Very good. Where's your mum and dad? Full marks to them. Brilliant. Okay, so when you see a red traffic light, you stop. What do you do when you see a red and an amber traffic light? What does that mean? Justin. You need to get ready. Brilliant. If mum and dad start putting their foot on the accelerator and revving the engine at this point, you need to tell them off. 
It's not so you can pull away at the traffic light really quick. But this means get ready. And can someone really clever tell me what this traffic light means? Shout out. Sophie Rose, are you going to shout out? Go. Brilliant. So stop, get ready, and go. Now, have a look at our passage, because we're going to see that the angels spoke to the women and said, stop, get ready, and go. Have a look in our passage. There it is on the screen. I want you to focus in on the words that are in yellow. It says in verse 5, As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe standing on the right side, and they were alarmed. And the angel said, do not be alarmed. And another word for alarmed is to be afraid, isn't it? Now, why was the angel saying, don't be alarmed or don't be afraid? The angel was saying to these women, stop worrying. There's loads of things in life we can worry about, can't we? We can worry about getting our homework done. We can worry when our pet dog gets ill. But maybe the biggest thing that you and I worry about is death. Because we've got no control over death. And it's hugely sad when a person dies. But here, even here, when the women were confronted with what they thought was death, the angel said to them, stop worrying. Don't be afraid of death. Why? Because Jesus has beaten death. And he's come alive again. So the stop in this story is for us to stop worrying about death. What about the get ready? Have a look in our passage again. A bit further down, the angels have said, don't be afraid. And then they said, you're looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He's not here. See where the place they laid him. But go tell the disciples and Peter. And this is the significant bit. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. What was the angel doing with these women? The angel was speaking to the women and telling them to go and get ready. And to go and speak to the other disciples and tell them to get ready. Why? Because Jesus had an amazing plan to use these disciples. And we're going to learn about that news in a minute. So the get ready is get ready because you're going to be serving. Get ready to serve. So we've had the stop. Stop worrying about death because Jesus has beaten it. We've had the get ready. Get ready to serve. Because Jesus is going to use his disciples. But what's the go all about? Have a look again in our passage at verse 7. But go, tell the disciples and Peter. It was a message to go and speak to them and say, guess what? We got to the tomb and Jesus wasn't there. He had risen. So it's speaking a message, isn't it? A message of joy. Jesus himself said he was going to rise from the dead. And he proved on the third day that he had power over death. And so he said to the women, go and tell the disciples. And he was going to meet with the women and say to them, go and tell the world. So stop worrying about death because Jesus has beaten death. Get ready to serve the risen king and go out now and share the good news. And I'd love you, dear children, this week, every time you see a traffic light, to turn to your mum or dad or the person in the car with you And whatever the color of the traffic light is, tell them what the traffic light means according to Mark chapter 16. And then all through the rest of this week, we can remind each other of the amazing news of Easter. Yes, Easter focuses on the cross. But actually, that's a symbol of life. Why? Because the cross bridges the gap between you and God, between me and God, so that I can know him again and be his friend. 
And if I believe in that and I believe that Jesus rose again, then you and me together can stop worrying about death, can get ready because God wants to use us to serve him. And we do that by speaking the great news of Jesus and telling people who don't know. That's a brilliant thing to think about today on this special day, isn't it? Should we pray together? Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. As the sun rose this morning, it reminds us that the Lord Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And we thank you that this is not just a story in the Bible that's fun to read, but is a story that makes a difference in our life. Please would you help us to stop worrying about death, because Jesus beat death. Help us to get ready to serve the risen King, and help us to go from here and share the great news of the risen Saviour with our friends and family. Amen.